0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Molly Movie Club. I'm Casey Muratori,
1: And I'm Anna Rutberg.
0: And as part of New Releases Month, this month's new-ish movie is Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, which is referring to the wish, not the Puss in Boots, because this movie made a half billion dollars. Did it really? Yeah. Holy crap. So uh, (laughs) I'm pretty sure this will be only one of many wishes that will be coming with Puss in Boots.
1: They did sort of leave it off. They, like, sort of teased, like, a like a Shrek return they did. at the they end did. of it. So I feel like this movie was pretty good. It was pretty solid, and it was very funny. Yeah, I
0: was surprised at how much humor they were able to get out of the movie because I'm not really used to animated films being funny anymore yeah, for whatever yeah, reason. Yeah. I think thanks to Disney-Pixar, who forgot that, like, one thing that you might do at an animated movie is enjoy yourself. <laughs> uh, they, they, right? I mean, they, they don't. They, of, they, yeah. They're yeah. like, oh, no, we ship really horrible experiences. We want to force you to have to sit through this movie, and it's, like, your responsibility to enjoy it or something. I don't know what they think. I, I don't know what their process is. It's, it's, I'm... I'm Constantly confused when we review one of their movies as to who they thought was going to enjoy this film. This movie feels like the people who wrote it cared if you enjoyed watching yeah. the film, and yeah. that was really refreshing.
1: Yeah, I, I mean there was there was a handful of moments where we were both just like genuinely laughing out loud. Like a lot.
0: At the end of the movie, when Jack Horner comes out and he says, I was afraid I might come out naked, but my clothes grew as well. That was probably one of the funniest like punchlines I've ever heard. I was dying (laughs) laughing at that one. Uh, it was the the last time we had that reaction. I think I can remember watching the movie was when the, the 2001 sausage fingers cut <laughs> yeah. in, uh, in everything, everywhere, all yeah. at once. And yeah. it, this movie actually, I, I felt like had a similar sort of playfulness to it in a lot of places, which mm-hmm. was really refreshing for an animated film.
1: Absolutely. I do yeah. think it was, it was very refreshing. Like, and, and like the story itself was really pretty solid too. Like it really understood what it was about and all of the other characters in the story had things going on that related to that, right? Like the Goldilocks story connected to Puss's story, right? And Jack Horner's story. They all kind of had like they were all playing off of sort of like the same theme.
0: I, I think it did a nice job with some of that stuff. Uh, we, we can get into this a little bit later, but in general, I would say the there were there were a couple of things about the movie that I found a bit. Challenging, mm-hmm. Like, I do like the fact that they came up with a pretty good structure for the film that makes sense for the character. Like, it's a good idea to say, okay, cats have nine lives. So for their first eight lives, they might not fear death, but now they have to fear death. It's yeah. kind of a nice sort of uh, way of analogizing the way humans behave when they're younger, they don't think about dying, and when they're older, they do, mm-hmm. right? Or things like that. So it kind of has a nice connection there, and it's, it's creative and interesting. I mm-hmm. think that's was really cool. And they managed to keep that—the movie is is more or less about that most of the time, which is another thing that, you know, oftentimes you don't see— I uh, I mean, we talked about this with Lightyear. We talked about this with, well, we didn't talk about it with Frozen 2. We refer to it in We Frozen always 2. refer
1: to it because there was that stupid, do- Now it was a good documentary, actually. a good documentary
0: about About the film. making of it, yeah, where it's uh, like,
1: right. what is the voice? Like yeah, two yeah. days before the movie's yeah. going to be released. It's like, you don't know what your movie's about, right? And this movie, th- they knew. Like, it they- seems like
0: they kind of knew, you know, like, okay, this is what it's supposed to be about. And we want to have things related to that. And, you know, they, they put those in the film, right? Right. Uh, but on the other hand, I struggle with the movie a little bit because I felt like it was kind of a little bit too infected with the weird, like, sort of uh, attention deficit disorder yes, yes. thing that uh, has—I I, I kind of think of it as, like, the Lego Batman Mitchells versus the machines. Like, I think it's been successful because maybe attention spans are shorter now or mm-hmm. whatever, But if you're trying to actually have an impactful movie, it it really makes things a lot more superficial in a lot of ways. And I feel like this movie suffered from that, among other things I feel like it suffered from, kind of like trying to be trendy, when if it had actually just maybe believed in itself a little bit more, I certainly would have liked it better. Doesn't mean it would be a good idea, because who knows what people want to watch nowadays. It Mm -hmm. may have been that you need to do this nonsense. But I found that off-putting in a number of places and it kind of like uh it made it so that i think what could have been like a great film was only kind of a good film on my watching right i, I uh, think i
1: i think i totally agree even down to stylistic stuff like yes the stuff they pulled from the spot like spider-verse
0: i didn't like that at all but no, i didn't like spider-verse like, either but i
1: think but i think at least in spider-verse it felt like it felt like the movie was was sort of about that, like I mean, they 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 really went all in. It happened on, all the time. They in were that movie, they yeah. were all in on that idea. They were like, this is part of this movie. A huge part of this movie is the style. We're going and doing something new and bold and interesting. And I think this movie is more just like grabbing onto a trend. Like, oh, Spider Verse did this and people really liked it, so let's do this. I guess only during action scenes, sort of, but it like was not very all the time. Yeah, and and it really just comes off as feeling like we want to do it cuz spider verse did it like a trend right and i do think that it kind of is distracting and not great separate from i mean i don't i'm not a huge fan of that look anyway like when suddenly the frame rate's really low especially when like it's even weirder in this than in spider verse because like most of the movie isn't like that so suddenly like that big giant is running and is like super low frame rate and you're like uh, what what like when did that happen right and it's just yeah. it's just kind of jarring and strange and felt unnecessary, and like yeah, like they're chasing trends. Like that's the only reason they put that in, is because they felt like that's what you do now, I guess. Or something. I don't. Under-
0: I think low frame rate is ridiculous. I didn't like it in Spider Verse. I don't like it here. I don't like it anywhere. In general, twenty four frames a second is already sub continuous frame rate. It's already a style that we're basically saying we want a little bit of staccato because that does something you know it it provides a certain look going down to like i can see individual frames on purpose is ludicrous i have no idea why you would ever do it
1: especially when
0: it makes no sense to me
1: especially when the rest of the movie isn't that way
0: i don't care what the movie i'm just saying if if you chose if you
1: were like i really wanted my movie to look like this and you were just went all in on that sure I guess. I I don't don't...
0: understand the sure I guess part, though. Like, if you go watch Akira, my first thought is not, gosh, I really wish they removed half of these animation frames. It looks so much better at on twos or something. No, it looks way better than animation normally looks because it's so smooth. It looks great, right? So it's like what? It's like the weirdest idea. It's like we want things to look like an old nineteen ninety, you know, seven three D game where the GPU can't keep up. It's like why is this a thing? I kind of wonder. I I don't know. I have nothing but bad things to say about it.
1: I am curious if this sort of trend will end up feeling really dated in like ten years. Well, like I you'll bet. look back at these movies and be like. That was a, you know, like we talked about when we watched like Gallipoli or whatever, like the freeze frame at the end, and it it's looks like, stupid, it, yeah. but it felt like that was like a thing they were doing at yeah. that time. And you see, you saw it in Blade Runner, like the low frame rate, weird slow mo stuff, like that. There's, there's like trends that happen in film that don't stick.
0: Yeah, people in the future are gonna watch Spider Verse and think their internet connection is slow. That's what they're going to think. They're going to be like, oh, it's like dropping frames or whatever. Is that well, right? I don't know it, I... it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. It's not good. Anyway, whatever. That's a stylistic the, yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's
1: separate that from... That happened in
0: this movie, unfortunately.
1: But I think it goes to your point that there's elements of this movie that do feel that way. That yeah. feel like it It was lacking sort of the confidence to be...
0: Its own thing. Its
1: own thing. And it... Yeah. But when it was doing its own thing like I mean especially with the humor I'd say the humor was probably the strongest part of this movie like it did the it did the thing that Shrek always did really well and I would say in fact maybe did it better than Shrek ever did which is the fairy making fun of fairy tales and like playing around with uh, fairy tale stuff. It's so good at that, and it does it. it, It's continuously doing it throughout. I mean, like the Jiminy Cricket thing. I was dying. Like the Jimmy Stewart. That was amazing. It was incredible. I was like, I wish I did that. Like, I wish I had been the one to like think of like that. It It was so good. Um, and like I died I was dying laughing at the the Excalibur thing where like can't get it out of the bag and he's like ah, I just can't get this rock off it like it was so good it John was...
0: Mulaney was a really intelligent choice for that because his voice is so bizarre that it really added something to to that yeah. character's performance because he's doing these things that are very incongruous and weird and having a voice that was like that's always confident but confused is I guess <laughs> how I would classify John Mulaney's You know, voice in general, Mm -hmm. it's like confident but a little confused about things. Was perfect. Like it's it was a really really good choice for that character, and the Jimmy Stewart impression for the cricket was brilliant. It was so good, good. Uh, especially because they actually did a bunch of cool stuff with that. Like they had it so that. A, people react to Jiminy Cricket the way they really would in real life, which is that he's just annoying and <laughs> to get rid of him, right? Like, everyone hates him. There, nobody likes Jiminy Cricket in this thing, right? Which is what well, it would actually be. on conscience. Yeah. <laughs> like, like he, the Goldilocks and the Three Bears don't care. They just pick, pick him off of his, like, yeah. uh, nose or whatever. Anyway... Uh, So that was pretty great. But also, I liked that they tied that into with Pinocchio. So, like, you could imagine Jack Horder, like, stole the cricket from Pinocchio because he was pissed at Pinocchio when he was a little boy, right? (laughs) Because they showed that that scene. So, yeah, I mean, I I thought all that stuff was really, really good. And they had all the silliness with, like, the unicorn horns and (laughs) all that stuff. They just It was a lot of fun.
1: There was so much creativity in this movie. And even, like, the – I think it did a nice job because we often talk about, like in action scenes you're not understanding like what people's goals are or what's going on i feel like this movie did a, a pretty nice job of being really clear about what the rules were mm-hmm. so they had the map and you understood how the map worked yep. and the map did a really cool thing like yep. when different people get it it changes the world around them so the environment switches and it's like that's a really cool concept and they did a lot of fun stuff with that and you understood the stakes like you understood what happens like why it matters when someone else is holding the map It's little stuff like that that a lot of movies don't do anymore that makes the viewing experience, like, a lot better when you understand what's going on, right?
0: Yes, and also I feel like most of the action sequences were set up in such a way that the interesting part of them was not the action sequence, right? Which is pretty important for action sequences, for me anyway. It's like... If it's just an action sequence, that's probably pretty boring. Mm-hmm. But in this one, there was always something else going on. Like, it was always about whether, you know, what what exactly is Puss going to decide to do uh, or, you know... It, w- what exactly is going to happen to a particular thing that we need to know like what what the outcome will be right as opposed to just like i don't know some people are fighting for a while which is like i would say the marvel thing it's just i don't know some superheroes punch each other and then the scene is over there's none of there was never that Mm -hmm. right there was always something even the opening action sequence which is completely throwaway was this kind of really nice thing they did to surprise you that like oh puss just dies in the yeah. seat right yeah uh, it, it it was designed to catch you by surprise yeah yeah well, so it's it does, designed to be a meaningless action sequence that suddenly ends with him getting crushed by a bell right Well, uh, I think
1: also it's showing you who puss was before exactly that he's just sort of this like guy yeah. who gets into meaningless action sequences right like yes. he's just this this is who he is at the beginning of the movie and it feels it definitely feels like kind of like cringe and hollow at the beginning of the movie and you're like uh, i don't know if i'm gonna like this movie but yep. it turns it's like they are aware of that right yep. like they're doing that intentionally which is kind of cool
0: yeah i thought that was great uh that they 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 completely turned it on around on you which was pretty smart yeah and i like it when they're willing to do a little bit of that right when they're willing to go like oh we're we're actually gonna like open in earnest with something that's actually kind of dumb and then we're going to flip it around on you like Mm -hmm. part way through right yeah yeah. i
1: think i think that actually takes guts it does um because you're you're like you know that there's going to be people who are already rolling their eyes yep uh but you're willing to take that because it's it's part of the story so i
0: guess in terms of stuff that uh, let me say one other thing because we talked about the style briefly and then Mm -hmm. we can just like leave the style behind Mm and we talk about story stuff mostly i assume Possibly acting as well, I guess. Uh, so I also thought that this movie kind of looked like not very good in a lot of places. I felt like the just the rendering quality and in general character modeling was not very good in a lot of places. It was a stylistic
1: um, choice, though. It was like they were trying to do that. They I were, don't really
0: care what the choice is. Like, like everything's a stylistic choice. No, totally so we're talking about the end result yeah. looks bad. So, like, the yeah. the, the Three Bears especially looked awful all the time. I, I do not know exactly what their idea was for how this was supposed to be like stylized fur or something. But it made no sense to me because not only did it end up looking basically like fish scales, but it's particularly weird to do something like that when you've got like uh, an actual full fur system for your two main characters where it just looks like normal hair. Like Puss and uh, Kitty Softpaws both are look like normal fur, more or less. Yeah, And then the bears look like literally like fish scales to me like that's basically what they looked like yeah and i just have no idea how you make that decision it doesn't make any sense to me and it looked ridiculous i also thought a lot of the like human faces the lighting was really messed up i don't know what they were doing on the human faces for lighting but it was very bad again this might have been a spider-verse inspired thing because spider-verse looked horrible too so i don't know i
1: feel like this movie would have been a lot better if spider-verse hadn't come out because they wouldn't have tried to do these things to to make it stylistically trendy and and ended up being kind of like distracting and weird and and like Uh,
0: Goldilocks's face in particular was lit so bizarrely in some shots that I was like that just looks like a bug like that's how bad it looked to me I was like if that showed up in a game I'd be like well I'm working the weekend to fix this one or something right it was like it was that bad and you know I think one of the problems that you get is I mean you play Horizon Forbidden West and everything in that game running in real time looks 10 times better than anything in Puss in Boots. Like, I'm sorry. That's just it's just like the art quality in real time has gotten so high now that you go to a movie and you see stuff. and You're like, wow, this looks pretty low rent. I mean, and it's a problem. So you can say it's, style, it's just like uh, stylistic choices are supposed to look better than if you did the basic thing. Right. The, the standard thing. If they look worse, that's. It's still a stylistic choice, but it's not a good one.
1: I mean, I think I'm not as negative on it as you, mm. probably because I'm not, like, a tech guy. Yeah. Um, But I appreciate that they're trying, that these different animation studios are trying different stylistic stuff with 3D because I don't love the, like, we, we talked about this with Lightyear where it gets almost like Uncanny Valley. Like, I don't love mm. when they go full hardcore, like, realism. I don't like that so mm. i I like that they are kind of like pulling away from that, trying some more stylized stuff, simplifying some things into almost like a more two d cartoony look. I like that they're trying it i I agree that it's like probably not really working the way that this movie's doing it. I think it actually it did work better in spider um because it felt more like unified like yeah.
0: there wasn't a lot of like this like, like, shot and this shot looked very different exactly right? where
1: as you just said it's like the two main cat characters have this like nice soft fur and then the bears have this like weird it's like it feels like incongruent sort of yes and i do think that gives it this weird feeling so i'm a little torn because i I want animation studios to be trying new stuff with style especially in 3d but i think sometimes they're gonna fail and maybe that happens a little bit in this movie at times
0: i mean i guess i just don't know what we were trying right in other words these are not, like, unknown things. We we have lots of ways to do non-photorealistic rendering if you want to. This just looks low rent. Like, this was also a, a problem I had with Spider-Verse, was a lot of the things just look low rent, which is not the same as stylized, right? And mm-hmm. so, I don't know. I, I have higher standards for that sort of thing. If you work on rendering, you probably have an eye for it where you're like, that just looks lousy. But... You know, Spider-Verse definitely was way more consistent, so at least you weren't noticing it all the time. It wasn't like suddenly Peter Parker is photorealistic in shot A, and then he looks like a low-polygon model in shot B. Exactly. He just exactly. kind of looks like a low-polygon model all the time, and it's like, well, okay, I guess that's what you were going for. It's not great, in my opinion, but uh, whatever.
1: Well, you're you're definitely, I I think because you do rendering stuff and understand all that and are particular about that, you're having a very different reaction than a lot of people do, but... I I still do think it's not probably going to be a style that sticks around all that long. Maybe I mean I could be wrong. I, I I don't know. I like that they're trying stuff. I appreciate that, but um I don't know. Yeah. I do think it was a little bit wonky in in parts of this movie. A little bit distracting sometimes. Yeah. And it made the it made stuff feel like like inconsistent like you said almost like they were pulled from different like, visual styles or something? It was. It really was was weird.
0: It was very strange. Because they're
1: not supposed to be. Like, in Spider-Verse, it makes sense because they're coming from different, like, universes. Like, you you know, you have different styles. That make sense why they're different styles, right? But in here, it's like, there's no real reason that the bear's fur should look different than the cat's fur. They just do.
0: Exactly. And so, I don't know. But either way, so if we put aside the visual things, just talk about the actual movie, though. So, uh... Like I said, I did like most of the things that they were doing with the story in this movie. I uh, it's it's got a pretty good it's got a pretty good sort of through line to it, and I liked the idea that they actually had, you know, a personification of death in the and it movie. It was a really good one too. Really good and the really interactions good. between Puss and Death were all very satisfying. Um and it's nice when you kind of like at first I wasn't sure because when he showed up, my first thought was that it was death coming to see him. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't sure because they kind of don't really tell you. Yeah, because it could first. be.
1: He he definitely says stuff that could be bounty hunter or
0: he could be a bounty hunter, yeah, right? Or death. Um, but then it becomes very clear that he actually is death later on, and it works pretty well. It's and such
1: a good design. It's a
0: very good design. And for And they the character. Do, and they
1: shoot it so well. They do. They do so much good stuff. He's very creepy and very unsettling.
0: Which I think, again, is one of the reasons why I just don't understand. Like, if you look at the scenes where, like, Puss and Death are talking to each other in the bar, the whole scene honestly looked really good. The bar looks good. Puss looks good. Death looks good. It was just really nice. And then you see, like, Goldilocks and the Three Bears scenes, and it just looks horrible. And I'm just, you know. So, I don't know. But anyway, I really liked that aspect of it. I thought it was great. I liked the ending as well, Mm -hmm. where... The climax of the film is really just like this kind of nice it's a it is ostensibly a fight between Puss and death, but it's really just more or less mental, and they actually even had it be very metaphorical. Mm-hmm. The reason that death is unable to kill Puss at the end is because he has a the blade. That uh, Kitty Kitty gave him him when they actually kind of when he let her cut his beard off, Mm -hmm. which was like a very vulnerable thing for him. Right. He Mm -hmm. was like trusting her again. And she was like, you know, they were kind of becoming close again. Yeah.
1: He was kind of letting her in.
0: Yeah. And, you know, that's a really nice little metaphorical twist where they're just like, oh, he loses his sword in the battle, Mm -hmm. but he still has this like other thing to draw from that's exactly parallels him not being a legend anymore but having a family like having people that care about him
1: yeah exactly it's like he he's not on his own anymore he has people in his life that he's let in yes and and it's like the perfect symbol of that
0: it's a symbol of why he's not afraid of death anymore right it's like he's got and so i felt like that was that's really good writing yes this is exactly why i say like you know when I watched this, I was like, oh, the people who wrote this, the, they must have actually spent time thinking this through and coming up with these things mm-hmm. because that's, that's exactly the thing you don't see anymore in uh, these animated films. And, and they, they put it back in there, right? Uh, the yep. last time I can remember seeing this sort of stuff in an animated film was probably the first How to Train Your Dragon I guess when was Toy Story Three? Maybe Toy Story Three was the last one. I don't know what order this came in. But Michael you're... Michael are I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. right. Uh mm-hmm. so so never mind. There was a Toy Story 3. Yeah. In
1: any case, though, I do think DreamWorks does tell they, they, they do seem to take Story more seriously than some of the other animation studios at the moment, including Pixar, who used to be Story is King kind of philosophy. And uh yeah. that's that's oh, gone. Boy. That's long gone. Um <laughs>
0: I wonder when they when they uh, but, threw but, that notepad yeah. in the trash.
1: And I think I think that the shrek sort of cinematic universe they do such a good job with that they really do they understand why it works and they they're they're so creative with it all and and yeah. they had so many ideas
0: uh, the the final shot of jack horner which is basically like Terminator with his thumb up sinking into the lava, right? But then he turns his thumb down yeah. because that's, he always puts it into the pie. I mean, those are such nice little touches, yeah. right? It's just, it was delightful to see. And, you know, it's a movie filled with those, obviously. It's really
1: dense with, yeah. with little jokes and little like references to fairy tale stuff. It's so, there's so many ideas in it. Yes. It does give it, as you said before, a little bit of that like ADHD, like tiktok generation feel of like there's so much stuff happening it's it's that, kind of but. that
0: part doesn't really bother me though like if you want to just have you know i don't mind a zucker brothers kind of like we just throw these tons of jokes in there oh no no that part doesn't feel that that uh adh no, especially me.
1: since they were genuinely funny and not annoying like that can get yeah. annoying if the humor's not good but the humor is good so it was great
0: i just meant more there's a little bit too much stuff going on in the movie with cuts back and forth and things like this that didn't necessarily help. Like, and one of the problems, too, I think this movie has a few pacing issues, in my opinion. Yeah, Yeah. It's only a 90-minute movie. You know, one fix could have been decide to go two hours, which I don't know that you can really do that often with kids' movies, so that may have just not been an option, but... The arc they have for the character doesn't work super well, actually, because there's not enough time. Yeah. So, you know, what's ostensibly supposed to happen, the, the opening of the movie is paced very well. We have that action sequence. He gets crushed by the bell. He ends up having an encounter with death at a bar. And then he decides he needs to basically retire. Mm-hmm. Right. Because he's scared. We would then need basically 60 minutes of him being retired And then the thing that happens to restart the movie again for the climax is he coming out of retirement. If you want that to land. Instead, we get more or less like maybe an eight or nine minute montage of him at a cat home. It doesn't feel like he ever isn't Puss in Boots. So that whole segment of the movie like doesn't really work for me. It's just kind of boring filler in a way Mm -hmm. not because i don't totally see what they were going for and i think it was good to go for it it's just you needed to make the audience feel like he actually retired if you're going to do that they don't and so it just feels like fluff it just doesn't work that whole thing doesn't work for me once we start back on the adventure again then it's like works but it misses the thing that you really actually wanted to establish for the character, which is that he retired and he's going back on this quest. And so yeah. they they failed to get that through. More time would have helped, or maybe you could have pulled a rabbit out of a hat and done something with the time they had that actually made it work, but didn't work for me.
1: I think the thing that the, that does work well though is the fear. Like mm-hmm. he he doesn't feel like the same puss in boots, even though he's going back on an adventure. You know, like I know everybody talked about like the panic attack scene. Like, that was one thing that everybody on Twitter was, like, talking about. And as, like, someone who's had panic attacks, I was, like, skeptical. I was, like, okay, sure. Like, panic attack scene. But to be honest, like, I actually got pretty emotional. Yeah, yeah. Because it was, like, yeah, (laughs) okay.
0: They did a nice job, too, with the the heartbeat and and when the dog, like, lies on him. It's, like, that's exactly what happens with a pet that calms you down. That's why I got emotional. Yeah.
1: Because it was, like... Oh, crap. That's really relatable.
0: Yeah. Someone on this team has probably had a panic attack, right?
1: Yeah. Because it's like, you know, a lot of times I think when people talk about panic attacks or like describe them or like when they're depicted, it's like someone's like scared. But what it actually is, is like, no, you're. it's like a very physical experience that you can't control. And like, I think they did a really good job of portraying like that.
0: Yeah, there's a difference between panic and fear, right? You can yeah. be afraid without being panicked. Yeah. But when you are panicked, it's a different thing. It's, it's a, a different it's a, physical response. It's a
1: it's a completely physical experience. It is not. It's like your brain is almost disengaged from it. It's, well, fear it,
0: is also an yeah. emotional response and a physical response, but it's different. It mm-hmm. is different. You can be afraid without being panicked. You can, you and can they, have a
1: panic attack without really being afraid. I mean, the,
0: sort of. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. I mean,
1: once you're having one, it's like. It's its whole thing. That's why we
0: have the word anxiety. Yes. And we don't use the same word. Fear and anxiety are related, but they're not the same. They're not the same. And so I do think, like, the movie managed to draw that line well. There are times when Puss is afraid. Yes. And then there are times when he is having a panic attack. And they actually portrayed that, I think, very well. In general, I thought the animation in this movie for Puss was extraordinarily good yeah. they're they're I wouldn't to call it, hero animators you know they're people who the A-team whoever that gets you know put on the, the main characters or whatever is really exceptional there was a shot I, I think I even mentioned it to you because we watched we watched this together I was like turned over and I was mm-hmm. like that was animated very well yes there is a scene where he's leaving the doctor's office mm-hmm. and the doctor's like would you like a treat right it was like a veterinarian mm-hmm. right <laughs> And they captured that scene so well, I was just like, wow. Like, that animation yeah, yeah. is amazing. He's indignant. <laughs> he doesn't want to take the treat, but of course takes the treat because he's going <laughs> to eat it. He's takes the bowl because he's just like, you know what, I'm going to take the whole thing. And he walks away and does this look. I mean, the whole thing is just like, it. it is perfect. You could not... No actor could have acted it better than they yes. were able to synthetically animate this this 3D model of a cat to do. And it was really great.
1: I will also say, I think DreamWorks has some of the best character animators. I think they have for a while. Okay. I remember when I first saw Megamind, which now is a very old and dated looking kind of movie. I remember when that came out, though, I was blown away by the character animation. Okay the expressions the the expressivity like the behavior i was i was like this is incredible and i think that's still true i think they are better than anybody else right now at character animation they have some really good people
0: i mean puss puss was amazingly well done mm-hmm. amazingly well done really 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 good Um, I assume that, you know, obviously there's Antonio Banderas does a fantastic job voicing the role. He
1: absolutely crushes this. He he is so good.
0: So they have a lot to start with there. But the body language that they're putting in is, you know, is all them. I mean, because the actors don't fully act out these scenes. So they, you know, they got great vocal performances to work with. Uh, like I said, Antonio and also John Mulaney was, like I said, absolutely fantastic mm-hmm. in this movie. But the animators were working overtime on some yeah. of these shots. There was really, really good stuff I was
1: like, because I feel like Antonio Banderas is not someone you hear from much anymore. No, like, you don't. I, I mean, he's probably older, and I yeah. don't know if he's, like, retired or semi-retired or something. But he had so much energy. Because, like, a lot of times they'll get actor actors to do voice acting, and it's just, like, fine or whatever. Uh, but he absolutely goes all in on this and does all the good, like, cartoon voice acting kind of stuff. Like, he really does an amazing job. I have,
0: don't know if I've even ever seen Antonio Banderas in an actual movie. Um, I'm trying to think if I've ever seen, like, I never saw, you know, uh, like the, Zorro. the uh, I never saw that. I never saw the, what was the, there's a big Hollywood sequel to El Mariachi that he, obviously he was in. Um, I mean,
1: he was more of a star of, like, and, the 90s. Yeah, he was, yeah. and I
0: just—I think I somehow never saw any of those movies. Um, so I can't think if I've ever actually seen him in a real, like, live-action picture. But, yeah, in this movie—and he and, and I never saw the first Puss in Boots. So.
1: Right, well, yeah.
0: But, yeah, this movie, he was voice-acting the way a— real voice actor yes. would act meaning he creates a character he plays it larger than life he gets all of this like ec- over expressive stuff yes. into the what you need mm-hmm. because this is a talking cat right it can't be subtle what one of the things I've always disliked about Ratatouille a movie that I quite like was Patton Oswald just can't do this and it brought the whole movie down for me you can't just talk right it doesn't work yeah. to me this is exactly the opposite of that. Like Antonio Banderas totally gets it. It's like, it's this caricature. It's big. Mm-hmm. It's bold. Mm-hmm. It's especially for Puss in Boots, who is, you know, a larger than life, larger than life hero. Yeah. And he makes that work all the time. There's never a line yep. that isn't perfect. I thought Salma Hayek did too, actually. Yeah. I loved Kitty Softpaws. They were both uh, just great. I mean, really, mm-hmm. really good. Uh, and, um,
1: yeah, yeah, all the voice acting. All the voice acting was really good for the most part. I mean,
0: I didn't love Goldilocks and Three Bears. I know what they were going for. Again, the whole Goldilocks Three Bears thing never really worked for me. I I knew what I they were going it. for, but I just didn't. I thought eh. it was all
1: right. I thought it was all right. I
0: was always kind of bored when they were on screen, to be honest.
1: I do think the movie probably spent a little too much time on them. Uh, I mean, I understand why they did it because they were trying to have multiple stories that supported the main sort of idea of the movie. I liked the Goldilocks story. I liked that, that it was in the movie. I do think that maybe they spent a little too much time on it since they I, weren't. I might
0: have actually said the opposite thing. Okay. I would say they didn't spend enough time on it to okay. actually make it good. Okay. So okay. that's the that to me was the problem with it is it felt like something that was kind of just thrown in. And I agree that they tried to make it related to the main story, which is much better than not doing that. Right. But it never really felt like its own thing. And as a result, it just kind of felt tacked on. And especially in a movie where, like I already said, I felt like there were some pacing problems where they were trying to tell a story of like Puss in Boots retires. And then he comes out of retirement. It's like, but we don't really have enough time for that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, we also don't then we shouldn't be spending time on this sort of like throwaway three bears thing that doesn't really work for me. Um So, again, I thought like that either needed to be expanded or eliminated and like use the time that you get back to figure out how to do some of these other things that aren't working as well in the main storyline. That would have been a much better use of that time to me. Um, So, again, it's a good idea because they're like, oh, well, what are some other people who have like a, you know, sort of like have to have this sort of relationship with that that was unusual it's like oh well goldilocks and these three bears like what happened to them and we'll make make that a thing whatever you know it's creative but you then have to make it all work and i don't feel like it really did
1: i mean and i do think they like with all the other parts of the movie that are funny i think they did a nice job with the humor where they kept doing the like just right not you know what i mean too hot too cold just right like they were continuously like bringing that in in fun and interesting ways so like they got the fairy tale part of it really right um
0: but like they have this whole thing where they, you know, they end up in the nostalgia cabin mm-hmm. as part of like the map thing. None of that really works. Like I understand what they were going for. It doesn't really connect. Like it, it's like it's just they. The idea is there, but you don't feel it. So there is just it wasn't the the implementation didn't quite like work. And so again, it just it kind of just falls flat. It's like just a thing that happens in the movie. And even though I know what that was supposed to be about, just knowing that something's supposed to be about something isn't what we want, right? We want it to actually feel like it's about that thing. And it didn't really. It just needed to be better. It needed to either be removed or you needed to figure out how to make it really work. And that to me was, I'd say probably my biggest issue with the film story-wise mm-hmm. is Goldilocks and the Three Bears. Okay. Because Jack Horner was played much better he's there mostly for comedy and time pressure yeah and we don't spend any more time on him than we need to right yeah we didn't try to make him into something he's not and so it was really it was exactly the right amount of time and they got exactly what they needed to get out of that plot line
1: Mm -hmm. and he also supports the main theme sort of too where he's he's someone who Uses other people and doesn't care about them, and isolates himself, and like is just a selfish piece of crap, basically.
0: Like, yeah, and I and I think you know there are a lot of ways you could have maybe made this movie go that that could have just worked with just him and Puss or something, right? I there, I think there's a lot of things you could have done that didn't require Goldilocks and the Three Bears.
1: You end up with like three. I mean, maybe this is some of the the like trying to stuff too much into it thing. You end up with. You've got Death, who's like this, you know, your your main like overarching yeah. big bad kind of guy. And then you've got Jack. Yeah. And then you've got Goldilocks and the three bears. Yeah. And there, it's just like a lot. It's and a lot. yeah, and it
0: just so to me, it was like I would have either pulled Goldilocks and the three bears or committed to a 20 minute longer film and actually made sure that that part was really solid. Uh, yeah. But I just don't think it already felt like Puss's storyline was a little bit rushed for me. I would have liked another five to 10 minutes yep. just to make some of those points work that were good ideas, but didn't have time to really land. And then throwing in Goldilocks the Three Bears, I'm like, oh my God, now you need at least another 10, another 15 minutes. So if you were going to stick to a 90 minute film, it was too much. That's just, I, I'm sorry, but I, I I that's just where I land on that.
1: I definitely felt the rushed pacing toward the end, mm-hmm. like when, so basically when Puss Escapes the, you know, death comes when he's in that like crystal chamber thing and he escapes and he's running away into the forest and his friends see him and they call after him. And there's this moment where Kitty Softpaws like feels like, oh, I've been betrayed again, basically. And then suddenly, Puss is at the star. And it's just like, it just feels like that. Everything is right in that moment. It's the right story beats, but it's just like a little bit too fast. You need more time between when, you know, kitty soft paws feels betrayed and when she comes back right like it just it's it's everything's right the beats are right it's just time it's just a pacing issue
0: it's a pacing issue and and i think that's why i say like yank goldilocks and use that time to make all the other things work or make a longer film there's no reason and think, you can't have Goldie but it has got to be a longer film. I think. That's it.
1: I mean, and it, they easily could have made it longer, and I think it was still would have been very enjoyable. Like, I mean, for a kids' movie, I guess once you get close to two hours, that's that's long.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm assuming that that these kids' movies just kind of have a hard cap where they're like, it's got to be 90, it's got to be 90, try to get it down to 90 or whatever. So mm-hmm. I get that, but it's like, well, if that's the case, cut Goldie. That's what I would say, right? But, yeah, I mean, for this movie, for adults, add a, add a half an hour, right? I mean, it's like it was a good film, with good ideas mm-hmm. in it. So just like give it more time and flesh out some of those things that don't quite work. Yeah. Um that's I would love that, but you know, that's probably wasn't a realistic option for them.
1: I think this movie does it does what like the best American animated films do, which is appeals to everybody basically. It appeals to children, it appeals to adults. Right. Uh for different reasons or the same reasons, honestly. I mean, like I think the kids will find stuff funny that the adults will find funny, but there's like it's just it does a really nice job of being an enjoyable movie for a large group of people yeah i've always liked dreamworks you know not all their movies are great but they're just like always kind of there and they'll every once in a while they'll just throw like a really good movie out and it's like ah, oh, cool all right <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah they they don't seem to be bogged down with some of the issues that some of the other animation studios seem to be really bogged down with these days some process issues maybe i don't know why this has happened to Disney and Pixar, why they've sort of...
0: Yeah, I mean, well, Disney-Pixar is interesting because actually, uh, so Disney has basically never had a good writing process. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the history of Disney... That's true. They just don't. I mean, most of their films... I mean, do, do, you, do you love the amazing writing of Snow White or, you know, the the incredible, like, uh, story crafting of Beauty and the Beast? It's That's like, true. They're just they doing They basically take fairy a fairy tale and usually don't even do a very good job with it right they they sort of half modernize it they remove the dire ending and then they just that's their story they don't have incredible creative new ideas that's just not what they do right and they never have they never have uh and the only time i ever really saw them do that was much closer to what dreamworks does now which is and actually i want to say it it would have been Katzenberger, the the K in DreamWorks, mm-hmm. SKG, mm-hmm. actually, who did this at Disney, which was uh, the great mouse detective. I, I want to say that he was the one who was in charge of the studio at that time. And they were like, we're going to do this thing with I don't know. It doesn't matter. That's that's film history stuff. I, I don't remember, but. That was a very brief period where they were like, let's write an original thing with a really cool story that we come up with. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they it was very similar to DreamWorks process based on a children's book that they license. But they do a pretty dramatically different story, like just like, you know, DreamWorks did with Shrek or How to Train Your Dragon. Mm-hmm. Right. Where they, they do start with some, you know, kids book or a book uh, and then they, you know, they do this kind of build out of it but in mostly you know disney's lineage is just not a writing lineage and it shows you know they just don't seem to know how to write things particularly well it's they 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 don't have a solid process for it it would seem mm-hmm. and then pixar was like i mean they have a reputation for that but really you know even toy story was supposedly a huge struggle at the outset and i so I, they they kind of like tried to institutionalize i guess things after that and they had a pretty good run for uh, some of their films. But I don't really know how strong their culture of writing really actually was. Because, like, again, Toy Story required... Didn't Joss Whedon have to, like, yeah. rewrite off the film or something yeah. weird like this? Mm-hmm. And he's not at Pixar, right? He's not no. a staff writer there. So, like, the reason their first movie succeeded thematically at all may well have been some outside person who, like, had to rewrite it for them. So I do think they've been on weaker footing than it would seem. Mm-hmm. And now I think we're just seeing... It seems like we're just seeing that. The fact that they just don't have a corporate process yeah. that ensures that writers are actually able to do a good job or that they even have good writers to begin with, right? Yeah. So who knows what DreamWorks process is? I mean, I don't know. But I don't know. maybe they just have a better maybe they have a better system for ensuring that maybe their writers have a chance to do something good and so they have a higher hit rate. I don't know. Um
1: I don't know. I mean, I don't know that they do really, but this is a good movie. So yeah. You know. We'll they, take it. We'll take it. Yeah. And it's cat. I mean, we like cats. We like cat stories. I
0: love cat films, yeah.
1: Yeah, and I feel like this does a nice job with that too for cat lovers. It's like, it gets it gets a lot of good cat stuff. It, like when death first appears and he's like drinking his milk.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then he
1: bleps. Yeah. Because that's what cats do if you interrupt yep. them when they're in the middle of yep. like grooming or something. And so it, it's just like little details where it's like, these people had cats. Do you know what I mean?
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, there was like, so, so there were some like hisses and things. That, like <laughs> they were well placed things to remind you that they're cats, even yes. though they are talking cats. Yes. Uh, yeah. They they got enough cat things in from time to time uh, that it was pretty good. Yep. Uh, so yeah, I mean, all of that was great. And yeah, I mean, I hope, I hope that it means that DreamWorks is going to keep giving us a pretty creative really good story every 4 years like they had like they 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 do <laughs> ship like Madagascar or whatever right like and stuff like this so it's not like they always have great stories but they they do seem to like every you know what 5 years or something it's it's like really great and and disney pixar forget it now that's like that's over you mm-hmm. you can't look to them for this so i hope this means like 5 years from now there'll be another great dreamworks something uh that we'll get to enjoy we'll see but you know i hopefully
1: yeah. Had a real good time. Enjoyed this one.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Very enjoyable film.
1: Well, that's it for Puss in Boots.
0: I think that's it for Puss and Boots. It's actually in, in. Boots. Puss in Boots. Yeah.
1: Puss and Boots, Puss in Boots.
0: Puss and Boots, while different, would probably still be a copyright violation. <laughs> <laughs> or trademark violation at least. I don't think we could ship Puss and, and boots. boots and get away with it. I'm probably just not. guessing.
1: Probably not. Well, thanks for joining us for another week of new releases.
0: Yes, that um, was a that was a quite good new release. Actually, it was. So I thank think, you, DreamWorks.
1: Thank you, DreamWorks. Next week, I believe we are doing the Fablemans.
0: A Steven's. Spiel- this has been a while since I've seen a new Steven Spielberg picture. Me
1: too. I mean, the last one we tried to watch was West Side Story, and uh,
0: oh yeah, we didn't. Wow. So I guess it hasn't mm-hmm. been a while since I've seen it. It's been a while since I will have completed. Yeah. The first time I ever shut off a Steven Spielberg I movie, know. actually. I know. It's kind of uh, sad. Which is sad because I love his I, work. I, I mean, love
1: Spielberg. Honestly, like, probably one of my favorite directors.
0: His quality to quantity is sort of, like, uh, is, is really ridiculous because it's, like, it's, you know, sometimes people make a few good films. But, you know, the remarkable thing about Spielberg is, like, I mean, his his movie list reads like the next you know 10 famous directors combined and uh and it's remarkable how many of them are actually good right and that's it's it see he obviously just really loves movies and he's obviously just very good at it right he's one of those people who obviously has
1: like a natural gift for filmmaking yes anyway we'll talk about the fablemans next week yes we will and until then see you on the internet take it easy everybody bye